the God that I serve is, is all about this idea of consistently giving us clues and insights into how to love his children better. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal the supernatural reality of God's love. When his love leads, a remarkable story follows. You're listening to J.D.'s story, When All Seems Lost. So right out of school, I became a commodities trader. I worked at the Chicago Board of Options. I worked at the Chicago Board of Trade. And we traded bonds. We traded futures. We traded uh, options. We traded everything. We were, um, it was, it's what I was cut out to do. Like, I believe, like, God crafted me to go and trade these things. And it's a pretty different environment from a church environment. If you're thinking of environments, it's it's pretty much the Philistines. It, it is really rough. And um, I had had kind of a crisis in my life. Holy Spirit had showed up. Things had started to shift. And I remember sitting in my trading station that morning, and I heard this voice. And so when I hear the voice of Holy Spirit, it oftentimes sounds like my own head talking to me but in almost in a dialect that's not my own. You know, it still it still sounds like English. I'm not trying to say it's different, but it just has this different cadence, this different rhythm. And it was very simple. It said, hey, be long 150 of those by Friday at 10 a.m. I was thinking, wow, that's, that's really interesting. Like, I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard that before. And so I said, okay, yeah, I'm totally down, um, I called my night trader and said, hey, we really got like, to do this. And he said, okay, I, this is the dumbest trade, but I'll do it for you. And so he, he buys a bunch of them overnight. I come in in the morning. I usually get in about 6 a.m. And I'm getting into the office, and I realize we only have 140 on. So I scramble. I just mark it by 10. And uh, we sit there, and at about 9.30, the entire market shifts. And the trade goes from just being a trade to being worth about $60,000 in a, in a heartbeat. And I remember Holy Spirit just kind of coming back to me saying, Hey, this is the kind of revelation that I want to start to drop into you. This is the level that I want to take you to. And so I am suddenly jazzed out of my mind thinking that Holy Spirit's going to be doing all the button pushing for me. And I tell that story to kind of preface what happened over the next three years Now, I think the problem is with a lot of us, when we get a prophetic word like that, or we hear the voice of God, or we have any encounter like that, that our expectation is this thing that we can write down, and yet that word is given with expectancy that God will move and make it happen. There's no no direction or timeline on how this thing happens. It's just, it will happen. And so, you know, I had this vision, here I am, I'm sitting in my office, I'm trading, I'm getting words of knowledge that within a matter of four days, profit, thousands of dollars. I'm thinking this is what God's going to do to me for the next like three or four years before I turn 40. And what ends up happening is um, the exact opposite. And I'd come out of a midlife crisis type time in my life, in our marriage, we really struggled. And my trading started to suffer and just started to collapse. And in, uh, in, this, in the spring of 2017, within a matter of three days, I lost 
nearly three quarters of a million dollars. And it just, if I don't say suicide watch lightly, I was incredibly depressed. I thought God was going to bless me. And here I am all of a sudden, like in a hole. The next year started and I, I started to gain some momentum back. I'm starting to claw out of my hole. I'm starting to get back. I'm still waiting for God to start giving me these words about how to trade. I think I keep hearing these things and everything I put on is just getting slammed in my face. At the same time, uh, the senior leader of our church said, hey, uh, my wife is Carrie. I love you and Carrie, and uh, we're done leading this church. We'd like you to take it over. And I knew that at 40, God had said, hey, at 40, you're mine. I knew I had this call on my life, but I don't know. I was running from it. I really loved the comfortable lifestyle that we were living. I loved what God had done for us from a financial perspective. Carrie and I kind of balked at it and said, eh, we'll think about it. Six weeks later, we said yes. And so we're transitioning into taking over this beautiful old church in just outside of Chicago. It's absolutely stunning. Built in the 20s, old stained glass. Needs a lot of work. Yeah, it needs to have a needs to be us. So um, I'm kind of prepping for this, and I hear God say, hey, it's time to lay all of your business stuff down. Okay, well, I'm almost, like, I'm gaining momentum. I think if I do it just right, I'll be able to get back that money, and then I'll be able to pay off my investors, and I'll be able to walk away with no money of my own, but at least I won't have any debt. That's the plan. Kind of hits a snag in June, and then all of a sudden, October comes, October 20th, and um, something happens. Something shifts, and I don't even know. And I end up losing another three-quarters of a million dollars. And I'm just sitting there in stunned. Like, I remember laying on the floor, screaming at God. And I think this is something that is true for all of us. Like, you should be okay to scream at God. God knows every emotion that you have. Why do we, like, try and give God only our good emotions or our sad emotions. Like God gave you the emotions. And so I'm laying on the floor just in tears. I'm, I'm shattered. This is my life. I'm going to have to sell my house. I'm going to have to move. I'm going to have to move in with my parents. I'm almost 40. What is going on with my life? I close out all the accounts. I end down a massive amount of money. And the reality is that I owe my lead investor just shy of a million dollars. And I am, I'm terrified. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have a million dollars. My family doesn't have a million dollars. I don't, I come from a pastoral family. We clearly don't have money. It's so bad. The stress causes me to get what I called leg sensitivity, thigh sensitivity. I couldn't figure it out. Come to find out I had shingles. The stress had produced shingles on my left leg, and I was in intense pain. Like, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't working out. I, it was horrible. Leading up to Christmas, and on Christmas morning, I'm lying in bed, and um, I wake up suddenly, like one of those, like, you got to get up right now. I got something for you. And I hear God say, hey, you know what? It would be a really good idea. Why don't you take a picture of your clock right now? And so I'm like, for real? I grab my phone, and I, I turn, and I take this fuzzy photo of my, of my clock. And it's 3.33. He says, why don't you put it on Instagram? I'm like, oh, my gosh, what in the world? I'm hearing the weirdest things this morning. So I take my phone, and 
I put it into Instagram. And he's like, okay, go ahead and put the time filter on it. So I put the time filter on it and put the time filter on it and it's 3.33 a.m. I'm like, oh, my clock's right. He's like, hey, why don't you put the temperature filter on? Put the temperature filter on. It's 33 degrees. Then I hear this. I have some things to tell you. Jeremiah 33.3. I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. There's lots of threes here. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. I'm like, oh, okay, because I have three things for you. First thing he says is, I'm going to forgive all of your debt. Like, all of your debt will be forgiven. He says that a coffee with a good friend of yours will lead to an encounter with me, and then I will see, you will see radical growth in your church. Clicked my phone, went back to bed. Woke up the next morning and kind of started to process it, started to go through it. Um, during Christmas, we move these our furniture just so we can set up our Christmas tree. I'm sitting in my favorite chair in my favorite location that's only there for two weeks of the year because it's not supposed to be there, but this is the best spot for this chair. I'm drinking a coffee, and I get a six-minute WhatsApp voice memo from a prophetic friend of mine. They had just had an encounter. While I'm sitting there drinking my coffee, they had the encounter and passed me the WhatsApp of the encounter. And... Um, the word that he delivered was a word basically that says what you heard as a child, what you hear now, what you will hear in the future, that's me. I'm not done talking. I will continue talking. I will continue leading. I will continue. Like it's this like consistent, like the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, like but in this very unique, like, I am here to tell you this and this and this. They're all me. A week later, I had to drive down and talk to my investor. I walked in fully anticipating I needed to sell my house, go into debt. My investor turned to me and says, hey, I don't know why bad things happen to good people. I can't explain to you why I'm sick and should be healthy. I don't get it, but... I know you owe me a million, about a million dollars. Um, you're free to go. I hold nothing against you. I'm in tears, and uh, I'm like, okay. Thank you, God. There's a million dollars of debt wiped off my, my slate. I have about $50,000 in personal loans and credit card debt that I used to finance my life. We didn't take a salary. We'd just gotten on church salary. Um, we had financed everything. We'd sold every life insurance policy. We'd refinanced our home. We we did it all. Like, we maxed everything. I'm like, okay, I can build a budget. I can take this off. I keep hearing this thing like, did you hear what I said? I said all three of these things would come to pass, all of your debt. I've, I've found that I have a lot more faith for other people's breakthrough than I have for my own. About two weeks later, I'm sitting in my house, still kind of sitting in this like weird glory cloud. I don't even know how to describe it. I get an email from a guy that was last dated 2014 on a thread from 2014. And I had a bad investment back in 2006 into a property in Mexico. And the last time we checked that property's value, it was worth $40,000, um, 40% of what I'd paid for it. And... Um, it was going nowhere. It was probably, we had no idea. It, I wrote it off as a bad investment. 
I hadn't thought about it since. And the email said, hey, J.D., just to let you know, I just sold our property for $102,000. I need a place to wire you hundred grand." And my jaw just hit the floor. I'm like, oh, my goodness, all my debt. And so here I am. I'm sitting here. I'm, this is fresh. I'm still in the middle of this. Like, this money's still coming in. And it's like, like what do you do? Like, how do you, how do you live in that, in that place where God is willing to speak to you, but it's going to cost you something, and it's going to scare the pants off you in the process? Um, I was so stressed, I developed shingles. Like, I was scared. And still be tender enough to hear what God is doing, because my expectancy is that he'll continue to move in my life. My expectations don't matter. Like, I don't know how it's going to happen, but the expectancy in my life. And you have to be willing to, to take a chance. And I am I'm sitting in a coffee shop with a very good friend of mine. We're talking about tattoos, and I don't have a tattoo. And I say, I need a tattoo to kind of mark this stage in my life. I want to get a big seven on my arm. But I don't have any money. I need like 200 bucks. Later that night, I pull a white elephant gift for a $200 gift card to go get a tattoo. So we fly to LA to go get this tattoo because that's where the tattoo parlor is. And I have this, I have this big seven on my arm now and we're flying back. It's me and the guy who is my number two at my church. And we're sitting in the bulkhead of a Southwest plane and two men come up to us who are working for Southwest and they they offer us drinks, and then they start to make casual conversation with us and say, hey, are you guys together? We're like, no, no, we're, we both have kids. We're married. We, we're buddies. We're like, we're best friends. And they're like, oh, are you sure? Like, it was, it was, it was a pass. They passed on us. They, they made a small hit on us. And I was like, trust me. And as he's walking back, I hear the guy in the front say, hey, AJ, make sure, and he gave him some command. And it's that still small voice I hear Holy Spirit pop up. It says, AJ, AJ, that's the name of your brother. Yeah, yeah, that is. And God immediately is like, hey, you need to ask AJ if his name is Andrew James. An hour passes. We're somewhere over Colorado by this point, right? And uh, AJ comes from the back complaining about how much he was really, really upset with how many drinks everybody was ordering in the back. It was a hilarious conversation. And then he turns and he asks uh, my buddy and I, he's like, hey, are you guys together? I'm like, dude, we already talked about this. We're not together. And I go, but by the way, I heard him say your name was AJ. Does AJ stand for, An- for Andrew James? He gets this like weird look on his face and he's like, no, I'm a junior. I'm like, Oh, oh, he goes, why are you asking? I'm like, oh, um, I'm trying not to use God language, but I'm trying to impact this individual's life. I feel like God has said that he's highlighted this, this guy to me, like, you got to do something. And God says, ask him about September 18th. I said, all right. And you know what? I, maybe I'm just off. Does September 18th, is that, is that the date that, that rings the bell to you? And he's like, it has nothing to do with me. I'm like, oh, my God. What are you doing? He goes, but September 18th is the day of my dad's birth. So it is my dad's birthday. I'm like, oh. And then I hear this voice say, all right, ask him who Maria is, and then ask him who Mary is, and then start to prophesy over him. I'm like, okay, well, I'm one out of two. Might as well ask. I said, hey, who's Maria in your life? And at this point, 
you could see like the the angst of like being annoyed that I asked his name wrong suddenly turns to like fear. And he's poking his head around the bulkhead being like, who are you and what are you talking about? Are you stalking me? Maria is my mom. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he goes, and Mary is my best friend in Houston. Who are you? Are you on what? Did you find me on Facebook? I'm like, dude, I'm poor. I can't afford Wi-Fi on a plane. Like I'm just sitting, I'm listening to Holy Spirit. It's like, what do you mean? I get a chance. Here I am. I'm on this plane. I'm prophesying to this man, and I just start to call out his identity. I start to prophesy over him. Find out he's based in Chicago. Find out that his relationship with his dad was the thing that left the biggest scar on his life, that his father had passed away 10 years prior. And in his phone, he has a photo of his father's tombstone, which he pulls up and shows me. And there's the date, September 18th, as his birth date. And it's a dual stone because it's crafted and waiting for his mother. And right there on the top of the stone is Maria. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, God, what are you doing? And so I'm, I'm visibly shaken. He's shaken. We, we, we like make a cursory prayer, like, a, like a, just like a little like, oh, Jesus bless him. And he goes, hey, give, me, give me your phone. And he puts in his phone number and he goes, text me sometime. And so later that night I texted him and I just said, hey, like it was a privilege to get to pray for you. It's a privilege to speak into your identity. It's a privilege to, to see who God says you are. And I go to bed. I got home at like 1.30 in the morning. A couple days later, I get a five-page text from him just telling me like, I can't believe, I don't know how you did that. I don't understand the magic was his word. I don't understand the magic that you're operating in. But if you are building a community, if you're building a church, if you're building a, a group of people that goes after the kingdom and, and whatever else you called those things, that's something I want to be a part of. And so um, there, all of a sudden, like this, this beautiful tapestry of me trusting words that happen in the middle of the night that give me direction have grown into this idea that we're going to be building a church based on the power of the supernatural. And, and great theology is beautiful. I love building theology. I love asking questions. I love exploring what God has said in Scripture. But if it comes devoid of the supernatural, if it comes devoid of like the miraculous, what God is doing in our life, if it comes devoid of healing, if it comes devoid of prophecy, I mean, I, I don't really have time for it. I'd rather write a book or make a podcast. I'd rather read a book. I'd rather listen to a podcast, to be quite honest. Um, I'd rather go to a soccer game with my kids because the God that I serve is, is all about this idea of consistently giving us clues and insights into how to love his children better. And we oftentimes run right through the stop signs. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We truly cannot do this without you. If you have shared any of these podcasts, we want to say thank you so very much. We believe that there is power in our testimonies and that God is using them in a big way. We also ask that you would consider partnering with us through a monthly or a one-time donation. Um, There is a donation button on our website. Thanks so much and have a great day.